welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 244. Thanks for listening. That's right, 244, just like Formula 44 from the commercials I watched when I stayed home sick from school watching game shows as a kid. Only instead of Formula 44, it's 244. My co-host and my guest host today are staring at me like I'm insane, but that's not unusual. How's everybody doing? I have my frequent co-host, Henry's here. Hi, Henry. Hi. I also have, get ready for this, I have not one, but two guest hosts on top of that. It's not mommy. It's not mommy. Jill has made a vow to never be on this podcast, and so far she's kind of stuck to it. But I do have, who do I have? Sophie and Bug. Sophie and Bug. Sophie will probably talk on the show considerably more than Bug will. Bug is just going to sit here and give me uh, sad puppy looks. Because she really doesn't want to be on the show. And I don't blame her. Because have you listened to this show? Not really. Not really. Uh, I don't listen to it either. How's it going, guys? Good. Yeah? You're back to school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Been in school now by the time they hear this. A few weeks. How's it going? Meh. Meh? We've been Boy. in school for not even two weeks. And my English <laughs> teacher already wants me to write an essay. Oh, no. I you how to do three tests. Your teacher actually wants you to do work? Yes, it's only the second that week after unacceptable. school. That's <laughs> I bet if she's listening to this podcast, what is wrong with you? You know who you are. She's going to give you more work. Are you going to tell her your dad's the Atari Bytes guy and she should listen to this show now? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll get this done, get this recording done quick so you guys can go do your homework. What else is new? Oh, there's a new video up on the Patreon. Henry and I did a little thing. Uh, What did we do, Henry? We did a Pokemon pack battle. Yeah, so Henry's been getting into Pokemon uh, a little bit, and he decided it was time for me to learn about Pokemon. So we recorded a little video of him. Uh, It's not really a battle, I guess, but he kind of explains to me how it works. And we look at some cards and things. So it's kind of fun, kind of interesting. And he's starting his own own deck. Yeah, apparently I have my own deck now, so don't be jealous, everybody. I don't think anybody's jealous. (laughs) Sophie is not on board with the Pokemon thing. So that was kind of fun, uh, and we recorded our session for my first ever uh, time messing with the cards. So go check that out. You can sympathize with me, or you can think I'm a big dork, or you can uh, just not get it at all. But you have a good time, and who knows, maybe there'll be some more of those Pokemon videos in the future. Nothing to do with Atari, of course, but uh, it's a game. He's on this podcast and his other podcast. Yeah, so if you're a listener to the It's a Bite, uh, it's a, what's my other show called? It's, it's a, pod- a podcast, Charlie Brown. Thank you, Sophie. Uh, if you're a Patreon supporter over there at the uh, $3 level, uh, like on this show, you can get the video that way too. Um, nothing to do with Atari or Charlie Brown for that matter, but it's a game. It's got monsters in it and stuff, so we thought it would be interesting to some of you at least. It's not monsters. That's Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic and D&D. Right. This has Pokemon. Let's pause for a minute. Yu-Gi-Oh? What is that? It's another card game. It's another training oh. card game. But okay. it's much more complicated because there's a lot of words. You showed me a lot of cards yesterday with monsters on them. They're called Pokemon. They're all just called Pokemon? Hold on, we're doing a... Like, this is kind of like a bonus video. Aren't, isn't Pokemon a specific character? Like, no, hi, every, I'm Pokemon. Everything... All the Pokemon and Pokemon cards are Pokemon. They just, the Pokemon just they have names. 
so we know which ones are who well, is sure. who. That's kind of what names are for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll have you to do another video. You obviously haven't watched any of the animated series. I'm not going to lie. I, I have not. No. Yeah. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe we'll do more videos of Pokemon if people seem to like that. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, there'll be more Pokemon, more Pokemon, more Patreon stuff coming in the future. If you want to get on board as a subscriber over there at the Atari Bytes Patreon page, we would all greatly appreciate it. Because you know what? These Pokemon cards, they ain't cheap. So... Uh, that's cool. Anything and else? If, yeah, go ahead. If you, if you guys really like it, we'll probably do, uh, we might do, instead of just one pack, we might do like, we each get a box, we each get a box, and if it goes really well, we each get a box and see who has a better box. Well, yeah, so hang on for that. We might have to have a production meeting about whether we want to do that, but uh, or, or who we knows? just get one box and split the... Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Sophie, anything else going on you want to talk about? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. What? My dad and Bob Duncan are <laughs> best friends. <laughs> okay. So, there's this show that many of you probably are familiar with called uh, Good Night. Good, Good, luck, Good luck, Charlie. Charlie. I don't know why we're bringing this up now, but it was a Disney show that ran a few years ago. It was, it was like 2011. It was one of the less obnoxious Disney shows, uh, so that I, I could actually sit through it um, without wanting to break things. So the kids were into it. One of the, the, the dad on the show, Bob Duncan, is played it, by an actor like called... Er Eric something. Yes, Eric Allen Kramer. Eric, if you're listening, uh, shout out to you. He was also more recently on a show called Lodge 49, which, like many people, I'm very sad got canceled after only a couple of years because it was a very good show, very different show Why than Good Luck canceled? Charlie. Not enough people were watching it, oh. which is sad because it was a really good show. It was not a kid's <laughs> show. It was more for adults, but it was a really good show. So when Lodge 49 was canceled, a lot of people on Twitter, I don't know why we're talking about this now. Thank you, Sophie. <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter were very sad about that and were, were sending, uh, you know, writing messages how sad they were. And some of the actors from the show were responding, and one of them was Eric Allen Kramer. Bob Duncan. Bob Duncan, or Scott. His character on Lodge 49 was named Scott. And I, I don't even know what I wrote. I wrote something one day, and he liked it on Twitter. And I happened to mention that to the kids, and now Sophie thinks we're besties. No, and then he liked another one. Well, yeah, and then I wrote something else another day, and, uh, and he liked that too. So, according to Sophie, we're besties. So, Eric, if you're listening, and of course you are, because we're besties, uh, that one's for you, buddy. Uh, we miss, we miss luck, uh, the hell's that show called? We miss Good Luck Charlie and, uh, Lodge 49. So, you know, we're looking forward to your next project. Maybe he'll invite us to the premiere or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about that? Um. Maybe he'll get his VIP ticket to the premiere. We can only hope. And we get, we get, like, the best rows and the, and the best seats and... And we get like twenty four karat gold. We get like twenty four karat gold um, nuggets, and then, and then like we get like I forgot. All right, can we get on to the actual show, please? I suppose. Okay, I feel like this is an episode. I'm gonna have to put one of those things uh, in the show notes that says "actual episode discussion starts at minute whatever," <laughs> so that some of you can skip all of this. Why would you want to skip this? This is quality <laughs> content. This, this is what the people come for. This is gold. I bet you this is going to get more listens than ever before. 
We'll see. It's been nine minutes and we haven't started the actual show. That is an excellent point, Sophie. Or Henry, sorry. So why don't we get on to the actual show? We got some feedback again this week. My stray comments about gyrus and audio and stuff like that have sparked not so much a controversy, but a lot of comments from people, which is great. Because I like to hear from you people, uh, if for no other reason than to know someone's actually listening. Sorry. Got a little burp there. Let me find the uh, first bit of feedback I wanted to mention. You guys talk for a minute. You didn't ask Bug if she had anything to say. Alright, well Bug, do you have anything to say? Do you have anything? She said that we're not giving her enough treats and she would like to file a complaint. She's a doll. You can't file a complaint. She says, watch me. I'll go eat your shoes. That's what she says. How long do we have to talk for? Um. Are you going to put any of this in? I'm going to probably cut some of this out. Okay, so episode 242 was Hero. Good game. Sorry I didn't play that sooner. Paul Daly wrote on the Facebook post. See if I can get the emphasis right here. Yeah! Hero, awesome episode. Thanks. Paul, I don't know. Thanks for the comment. I don't know you. But when I read that, I totally hear it in a Bill and Ted voice. I don't know if you're anything like Bill and Ted, but that's how I hear it in my head. What if What if this is, who Who does it sound more like, Bill or Ted? Uh, I get more of a, a Bill vibe. What if it's Bill's secret Facebook account? Alex Winter? Yeah. That's the actor who plays him. I don't think it probably is. You but, don't know. Uh, thanks for the uh, for the comment, Paul. I agree. Hero was, was an excellent game. I, I can't speak for the episode. I just put them out. I don't know if they're any good. But uh, thanks for, thanks for the uh, the compliment. This is where you guys talk again, because I have to look for the next thing. Oh, um, I don't know what to say. How do you do this? Uh, you just talk. Bug is very small. She likes to eat puppy kibble. Are you doing poetry now? <laughs> she does not like to throw the ball outside. <laughs> what rhymes with that? Um, Bug, Bug, would you like to say anything? This is some good audio. This part will all get cut out. Don't cut out my poetry. It's not poetry, it doesn't rhyme. Let's rap. Ready? No. Mm -mm. My name is Bug and I'm here to say I'm sitting on Sophie because I'm too small to get up there by myself. Da 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 da. Come on, everybody. Clap your hands. I'm Bug Bug, and I'm here to say, um, Bug, what are you here to say? Okay, so, oh, on the, on my personal Facebook wall, I guess, uh, also, regarding the episode 242, uh, Hero Adventure, there was still more discussion of the gyrus audio issue, the, the the issue there was somebody had commented that the audio, the music in Gyrus sounds weird. And the consensus seems to be that that's just a limitation of the uh, the equipment, right? You couldn't, you just couldn't make it sound better, basically. It's more technical than that, but I don't have the, uh, the expertise to explain it any differently. Ferd, Robert Ferguson, uh, hi Ferd. He of the, not that you guys need to be told this, but he of the iconic Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, 
which is the show you go to to actually learn about these games, and then you come and listen to this goofy show. He wrote, the TIA chip on the VCS, despite having two channels, most games are in stereo, can only play 32 pitch values. They don't all correspond to actual musical pitches, which is why you get bum notes every so often. Gyrus uses both channels for the music, so you don't get any game sound effects. One cool story about music in the VCS is from Pressure Cooker, which is also a good game. Uh, that's me, not Ferd. I don't know if he likes that game or not. Gary Kitchen took a music keyboard and marked all the notes that were in tune on it, then asked a uh, jingle writer to make up a short theme using just those notes. The theme in the game sounds really good. I didn't go back and listen, but he did provide a little clip. I don't know how well the mic picked that up, but that was pressure cooker. And I appreciate the, uh, the explanation, even if I didn't understand a lot of it. Did you guys get all that? What? <laughs> my guest host and my co-host kind of tuned that part out. But to a lot of us, that's pretty interesting. Um, in that same Facebook post, Rob O'Hara chimed in on Hero. Uh, hi, Rob. He basically was gently pointing out what an unobservant moron I am. So, thanks for that, Rob. He wrote, I'm curious what version of the manual you were referring to during your episode. In this, uh, to interrupt Rob for a second, I had, as I was going along yammering about Hero, I think I said something to the effect of, I understood that Hero was an acronym, H-E-R-O, but I wasn't quite sure what it was an acronym for until much later in the conversation. Uh, So now Rob is saying he has the C64 version And Hero, Helicopter Emergency Rescue Operation is right there on the cover of the manual, uh, in the box. Uh, I don't have the box for the game. I don't have the C64 manual. I'm not even sure what online manual thing I was looking at for the the, uh, 2600 version. Uh, I don't know if it was on the cover or not. Um, I do know that I'm probably an unobservant moron. So uh, it's very possible that I just totally missed it until late in the game. So, I am always appreciative, Rob, when people point out how dumb I am. So, thank you for that. If you would like to point out how dumb I am, contact me in one of the uh, ways that I'll mention at the end of the show. (coughs) My kid just went and grabbed her phone. That's very nice, Sophie. Thank you. (laughs) Keith Sheehan also wrote, uh, weighed in on the hero episode. First thing that came to mind is Thunderdome. I don't... I, I guess he's saying... This game reminds him of Thunderdome. I'm not really familiar with Thunderdome. Uh, Thunderball was a James Bond movie, I think. I don't really know Thunderdome. I guess I can't speak to that. You guys say something again. Even though you're going to cut it all out. Yep. Something again. My name is Rappin' Daddy P. Oh, by the way, credit for pointing out to me or, or posing the question initially about why the music was off. That was Clinton Davies. Hi, Clinton. He also did some research on this issue a week or so ago, uh, and I couldn't get into the last episode. Uh, his comment was, After some research, it seems the games on the flashback all play the sound at a lower pitch than they would play on a 2600. I believe this is the same problem AT Games, who make the flashback, had with their, with their Genesis system. I don't own a flashback myself, but I went browsing on YouTube and read some reviews and such to find this out. Um, I responded that, you know, was this a, a design thing? If they're all like that. Was it on purpose, basically, is what I was asking. And he 
sort of agreed that probably, but he didn't really know why. I assume the answer to that is limitations again of the flashback or something. Um, I don't know. I'm not a music expert in general anyway, and I'm not an expert on the, on the audio issues with Atari in any version. I can tell when I hear something and say, well, that sounds kind of goofy, as opposed to other times, but I, I don't really obsess about it too much, I guess. Sophie's raising her hand. Yes, Sophie. Why do people care so much that the music was off? You know, they, they want a, a nice listening experience, right? You want the music that's playing on the game when you're, uh, when you're playing it to be pleasant to listen to, right? And in Gyrus, you didn't play Gyrus, but in Gyrus, there's no little beeps, you know, sound effects. There's just music. And it actually is kind of nice music, but it does sound a little off when you play it, depending on how you play it. I played it on the... I think I played that one on the Harmony Cart, like I did with the uh, game that we're going to play today, Sir Lancelot, if you didn't know that. And it just sounds different. Oh yeah, have we told them what game we're playing? I just did. Sir Lancelot. We played Sir Lancelot. Uh, we'll get there in a minute. So yeah, that's the uh, response I got to the different games. Thanks for writing in, everybody. Uh, I like knowing at least a few of you are listening. So, thanks for that. You have fans. I have fans. Well, I don't know that they're fans. Now will you let me they design be, a sweatshirt for your shop? They might just be hate listening. I don't know. Not hey, coming next, a sweatshirt designed by Sophie. We'll see. All right. You guys got anything else to say before we get on to the game? No, because it's been 22 minutes and we haven't started yet. All right, I guess we're going to start then. This week's game is Sir Lancelot by Zonix, 1983. It's a pretty straightforward game. You are Sir Lancelot, astride your winged horse Pegasus, you set out on a quest to save a poor maiden held prisoner in a castle by a fire-breathing dragon. Why in all these stories do dragons want to capture all these maidens? What do they care? They're dragons. But anyway, you collect points for each creature destroyed, and when all are gone, you reach the castle and face the dragon. The wily dragon will not fight you directly, for he's seen how you devastate the creatures outside and breathes its fire there's a typo in my manual here, and beads its fire at you from behind a magic screen. The fire will not kill you, but will temporarily stun Pegasus so he cannot flap his wings. Kill the dragon with your lance, and you will save the maiden. Once the dragon is killed, you will face new creatures guarding another castle, and these defenders will have heard of your exploits and be more difficult, and so will the dragon. You basically got everything you need to know in there as it is, but just to kind of clarify, using the joystick, joystick moves your Pegasus up and down, left and right, the button keeps your wings flapping so that you don't sink again, and he is really hard to keep up in the air. I'm not sure what the story is there. Daddy called him fat. I, it was not nice, but I kind of joked that maybe he was a little heavy, and that was why he was having trouble staying in the air. So you can practice against a certain level of creatures and dragon by selecting the level, hitting the game select switch to the appropriate game, move the joystick, and the game will begin. We didn't do that. We just jumped right in with, you know, game one, basically. When the game begins, Sir Lancelot has been challenged to free the land from villainous flying beasts and save the fair maidens from their captors, the dragons. Each of the castles in the quest are surrounded by successfully, successively more dangerous flying creatures that try to keep Sir Lancelot from reaching the castle and saving the maiden. Use the fire button to control the flapping wings of your pegasus. Use the joystick to guide your direction and deadly lance. You control Sir Lancelot's attacks of the beast to maintain the flight player must repeatedly push the fire button to flap Pegasus' wings. Frequency of his wing beats determines a climb, hover, or dive. Left or right joystick direction combined with wings flapping will create a horizontal flight. Upward or downward joystick direction produces a climb or dive. Reversing direction during horizontal flight will stop forward momentum. Pegasus will not turn upside down, so loops 
and inverted flight are not possible. Otherwise, Sir Lancelot would fall off. Use your lance to destroy the creatures. As the foes increase in difficulty through screens 1, 3, 5, and 7, the same basic rules for combat apply. The differences are found in the speed of attack and flying skills. Because it, your weapon is a lance, a planned collision results in the creature's defeat. If only one of the combatants is facing the collision point, then he wins. If both combatants are facing each other, the higher one wins. If both are at the same height, then it is a tie, and neither Sir Lancelot nor the beast will be destroyed. If neither the creature nor Sir Lancelot are facing each other again, it is a tie. When a tie occurs, the two combatants bounce off each other. After you defeat all the creatures outside the castle, you move to move the, uh, the scene inside the castle where a dragon holds a maiden captive. Each of the maidens in successive screens have different colored dresses on. Each combat ar arena has a ledge where Sir Lancelot starts and can rest, and each is guarded by successively more difficult dragons that must be defeated. Lava pool is rising and will consume the maiden, and even Sir Lancelot if you can't quickly dispense the dragon. You must defeat the dragons by, peering, by spearing your lance into the soft stomach of the monster. The wily dragon will not fight you directly, for it has seen your performance outside. It breathes its fire at you from behind a magic wall. Only the magic lance can penetrate the wall and kill the dragon. Sir Lancelot and Pegasus will bounce off the wall, so fly with skill. You must be quick to avoid the fire. Each successive screen will have faster, more accurate dragons whose stomachs have more and more armor. In the highest screen, a direct hit is necessary, in the exact middle of the stomach to be victorious. Once the dragon is killed, the magic wall and the dragon disappear. You leave the maiden... You save the maiden, and you will go to the harder quest. Fare thee well. You gain points by killing creatures and bonuses for killing them quickly, uh, meaning one second from one kill to the next. Points range from 250 for killing a snake, up to 5,000 points for a third quick kill on screen one. Screen two, 10 points if you survive a second and a half. Kill an old dragon for 2,500 points. Save Carolyn for 10,000 points. And then it goes up from there each uh you know, battle screen versus dragon screen. The maidens, by the way, are named Carolyn, Sarah, Lauren, and Elizabeth, with an S. And that is how you play Sir Lancelot from Zonix. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. Dustyoldgames.blogspot.com made the comment in 2013 that he'd never heard of this game until the double ender cartridge uh, with Robin Hood popped up on eBay. He picked it up and checked it out. He calls Sir Lancelot a good game. Huzzah! Sir Lancelot plays a lot like Joust, which is a pretty good start. Really enjoyed this game. If I have a friend over, I would much rather be playing Joust. However, when I'm playing alone, Sir Lancelot offers a bit more variety and maybe a little more fun. On the issue of the whole Zonix double ender thing, uh, he comments that 
maybe the Double Ender doesn't have the greatest games on it, nor is it the rarest or most prized game for the 2600, but it's a nice quirky thing that wasn't afraid to look at and feel different than other cards. It doesn't fit on my shelf nicely. I have to move my Atari so I can fit the cartridge in it. Surely I have no idea how to pronounce Zonix, but these are all reasons for me to love it more. It's my freaky cartridge baby. Woodrain Wonderland commented that Sir Lancelot is one of those games that seems to have everything going for it, but for me at least, didn't seem to quite take. Colorful, challenging, and features a variety of unique enemies, but lacks the certain something that makes the proceedings pop. Continues Onyx's odd tradition of good graphics and innovative design, combined with elusively lackluster gameplay. Grade C. Zonix, for anyone who doesn't know, was a division of KTEL Software, an American third-party manufacturer of cartridges for 2600, ColecoVision, Commodore 64, and Commodore VIC-20 in the early 80s, one of many small video game companies to fold during the crash of 83. Zonix capitalized on the novelty and perceived value of double-ender cartridges, which can be inserted uh, into the console on one of the two ends, each end offering a different game. Different double-ender configurations could package the same game with different counterparts. Zonix was not the first company to try this. PlayAround did it earlier with their adult-themed titles. Zonix eventually abandoned the idea and began releasing single versions of some of the titles previously offered as double-enders as well as a few new titles. All right. I think I have... This one I played on the Harmony Tart, but I think I have a double-ender Zonix cartridge for two other games. Ghost Manor and Spike's Peak, which I think I've done on the show already way back when. So they're kind of neat. They don't really fit, you know, in your display case as well, but I guess there are bigger problems in life. All right. Well, after the break, Lancelot, Lance a little, Lance as much as you want. No skin off my nose. Well, that's gross. Greetings reign throughout the land. You are in fair Camelot, or something, with Sir Lancelot and the mighty knights of old. Not that old, they're actually pretty young. Sophie and Henry are here to vanquish the fierce dragon and steal his gold from Gandalf or something. I don't know. We're playing, what are we playing? Sir Lancelot. Today, we have a guest player doing the uh, playing duties today. Hi, Sophie. Hi. For the field report, are you ready to fight the dragon? Sure, why not? All right, that's a good attitude, I guess, for a night. I'm gonna hit the reset button on the console. Let the battle begin. Get him up. adjusting the volume on the TV, which was way too loud. Uh, Sophie made it pretty quickly to the dragon, dragon's lair, or whatever. Totally different game. The first couple levels, you get to the dragon pretty quick. I guess that's by design. I don't know. 
Uh, and Greg, this initial offering is pretty easy to beat. Um, I think the dragon's lair. Yeah, so he's already picked up speed. It's okay, Night Sophie. You stabbed him in the butt. Well done. That's the sportsman-like way to do it. I don't know which way they're So I think the deal is, if you touch them when you're facing them, you beat them. If you touch them when you're they're facing when you're facing away from them, you get killed. I guess is probably how it works. I like that sunset over the castle or sunrise, whatever it's supposed to be. Um, it looks really cool. Uh, the knight on Pegasus looks good. The winged creatures look good. Um, what do you think of the look of the game? It's fine. It's fine. It's pixelated yeah. and it doesn't look like a horse. Well, Henry, we've had this conversation many times. This game's like 40 years old, almost. So for the technology they've had then, it actually looks pretty good. Uh, but you're not impressed, huh? What is this thing? The castle? That's the castle. Oh. Yeah. Um, Alright, well we'll share our other thoughts in the episode. Some of which you'll heard of, have heard already, and some of which you'll hear after uh, this next coming up break, where we'll tell you about other podcasts. So, back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which were mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about Sir Lancelot. Um, my guest host, Sophie, wandered away. So I don't know what she thought of this game. Henry, what would you think of this game? Mm. Eh. Oh, this is a good time to play our ongoing segment. What game is Henry playing while we podcast about a different game? What are you playing, Henry? Pool. Henry's playing a pool game on his phone. He's not literally playing pool, although we have a little pool table in the room. What are you playing? Nine ball? What are you playing? Eight ball. How's it going? Good. Are you stripes or solids? Stripes. Henry stripes, and he really wishes I'd stop talking to him. So this is Ben. What game is Henry playing while we podcast about a different game? So anyway, Sir Lancelot, I thought it was kind of fun. It does, it is pretty repetitive though, like a lot of games. So I think the, the one review that commented that it maybe is a little bit lackluster uh, in the gameplay, I think that's maybe not uh, an unrealistic and unreasonable critique. Um, but it's not bad. Uh, it's not joust. 
certainly, but it's not bad. As always, if you guys have thoughts about Sir Lancelot, get a hold of me in one of the ways that we'll talk about at the end of the show. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story comes to us from Bad Poetry Corner and is called Night and Day. In the age of old, when evil had free reign, one brave soul stood up, fought to restore peace again. And his name was Pegasus. Wait for me, calls Lancelot, but Pegasus has no time. Too much evil causing good to rot. Oh, come on, whines Lancelot. I'm a knight. Sure, but Pegasus is an equine winged descendant of gods. The knight grins stupidly. My sword is so broad. But can you fly over enemy clods? What do girls love most? Well, anything they want, of course. But often, that is horses. Suck on it, mister. My non-hooves are sore. What use have I for you, Lancelot? I'm fast and powerful and strong. I run like the wind and soar over clouds. You, armored sir, piss your hinges all day long. It's true sometimes the knight is useful. He can open doors, tell the king of our deeds. But if I had opposable thumbs, Sir Lancelot, knight would fall for the knight he'd see. An invasion force amassed on the border. Come, good knight, be quick about it. I shall ride into battle, you right behind. Someone must hold my horse crap bucket. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable... William Pepper, and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the vertical blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to my guest host, Sophie. Thanks to my frequent co-host, Henry. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and CompTech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Alexander Nakarada, from SerpentSoundStudios.com for the use of Marked, uh, the medieval music you heard under the uh, Bad Poetry Corner segment. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and CompTech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Storm the Castle Apple Podcast to sit upon the bejeweled throne that is a five-star review of this show. Hey, Sophie's back. Hi. Hi. You just couldn't take it anymore, huh? No. All right. Fair enough. You're probably not the only one that walked out on the show, so I'm well, used to it. I came back. You did come back. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And look us up on Instagram. Call and leave us a voicemail, 563-265-1978. Any of us here, we're not going to answer the phone. But if you call and leave a voicemail, I'll probably play it on the show. What? Why wouldn't you answer the phone? Because I don't want to talk to them. I just want their message Daddy. so I can play it on the show. They're not going to call while I'm recording. right? It's going to be some other time during the week. And then I take 
what they said in their message, and then I play it on the show. Well, nobody's going to call you if you're not going to talk to them. No, the point of calling is to then play their message and share it with everybody who listens to the podcast later. But what if they don't want you to share it with the podcast? What if they're just calling to talk to you? But they're not going to do that. They're going to call to leave a message that is intended to share with everybody else. But what if they're not good at listening? (laughs) Then they should just write me an email. What if they don't know how to email? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. They're out of luck, I guess, then. Oh, geez. Take that, everybody. You probably couldn't hear that, but my wife, who has vowed never to be on this show... She didn't know you were taping. ...called out, who who now realized that she has maybe accidentally been on the show, was making fun of people who can't do email. So take that, people who can't do email. Check out the website, carnivalofgleecreations.com, for information and links to this show. And for my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown. You can also find out about books that I've written, including Misery Banana, very short stories, inspired by old games, not thoughts, and find out some places that you can order those. Please consider supporting the show on patreon.com. We have an Atari Bytes page over there. If you subscribe, you can get all sorts of neat things, including episodes early. You don't have to wait till Sunday, necessarily. You can also get bonus stuff, like the uh, video that we told you about earlier in the episode, and other videos, and other bonus stuff that you won't get as part of the regular podcast. So please consider doing that. If you no other reason, by joining the Patreon project, you can be cool like Michael Tyler, Jose Gazeta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike, who are already in the elite club that is Atari Bytes uh, Patreon supporters. And you should go be like them. Thanks, everybody. All right, all that's left to tell you what's going on next week on Atari Bytes. Next week, uh, we're staying in medieval land, apparently, with Robin Hood. We're flipping over our virtual double-ender cartridge to play the other side, the other end, with Robin Hood. So that should be fun. If you have thoughts about Robin Hood, let me know. All right. Well, we're just about out of here. So, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. They've missed you. Oh, 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 oh,